0: Welcome to My Empower Project with your host Erin Rowe. We will discuss nutrition, fitness, becoming your own boss, and just becoming better every day. I invite you to join My Empower Project as we embark, embrace, encompass, and enlighten Matthew Fitchner and I met at a business conference earlier this year, and him and his wife and other conference attendees had the luxury of watching the Super Bowl Oceanside in Mexico, which was a unique experience. And we got to talking because we both have a drive and found ourselves in the world of e-commerce. Matt, thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was definitely excited to do this interview.
0: If you may, please, if you could tell me about yourself and what type of e-commerce you do.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I spent most of my time after college active duty in the Marine Corps. I uh, got commissioned back in 2005 and spent a little over 11 years on active duty as a a helicopter pilot. I had a really good time doing that. But when we started having a family, we kind of decided that we, you know, the deployment, cycle and the training cycle and everything was was just not conducive for what I wanted out of our family life. So I decided to get out of the Marine Corps and was always like looking for like the next option, the next opportunity. So I went back to school, got my MBA, got a job working as a government contractor. So I was kind of going down that path when I found, or when I kind of found out about the opportunity of starting your own online business, specifically like using Amazon. So I kind of started to mess around with that a little bit in like late 2016. Didn't really go live with my first product until uh, the spring of the following year. So like early 2017. Kind of uh, just stumbled my way through the first product, but it did relatively well. I made some profit off of that one and really started to think that maybe going the e-commerce entrepreneur route was like actually a viable opportunity. So I have been growing that brand and started some new brands um, in a year and a half since I started. I'm really kind of trying to fully commit to going the e-commerce route. I'm mostly still on Amazon now, but exploring some things. I've got a Kickstarter project that we're working on. I'm working on some projects to get some food products into Costco with a, a business partner of mine. So kind of cool just starting, you know, just selling that very first product online, uh, really got the the wheel turning, kind of got the snowball going downhill on learning all kinds of different things about entrepreneurship.
0: Wow. You have a lot going on. I guess that you just wanted to keep pursuing more once you saw how viable it could really be.
1: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I think you kind of get addicted to it. It's, it's kind of cool. Cause your whole life you are, especially like as an employee, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of capped out on how much you can earn based on, how much school you get, what kind of opportunities you have from a job standpoint, with really any kind of entrepreneurship, but especially with e-commerce, it's really sped up. Like the sky's the limit on how much you can make. So if you're successful with one product or one idea, the faster you start more and more products and more and more ideas, you kind of dictate your own dealing and that ceiling with if you're successful is is much higher than anything you could do, like in the corporate world or kind of relying on other people.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a motivational aspect for me. But then again, being an entrepreneur, it's not like I'll try this and see if it works type of career. It's realizing it's like a a late night sacrifice type of thing. So what led you to decide do or die? I'm going to make this work because it's worth it.
1: Absolutely right. And I've heard a quote before. I think it's hilarious and very true that entrepreneurs give up a 40 hour work week to work 100 hours a week. So I think there's some truth to that for sure. You know, I've kept a full time job throughout this whole uh, process so far, just so I I had the freedom of using all the money that I was making from the business to grow my business even like faster without having to live off of that money. So I've kind of been doing both. I'm kind of doing the night, nighttime and weekend entrepreneur thing. So it's definitely a challenge. I will say though, that there are days that I'll spend 10 or 12 hours working on my business and really not even feel like I was working at all. I really enjoy not every aspect of it, but there are definitely aspects of it that I enjoy so much that I can spend an entire day just working on one project and it doesn't really feel like work. I'm getting an immediate return on it and I actually enjoy what I'm doing. And it's cool having control of your own path and your own business.
0: Back to your quote. I mean, that's why people are willing to work longer hours because it's like a creative outlet and you just get the reward that you're passionate about.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think, uh, again, kind of going back to the analogy, you know, like a salary job or at a job where you're, where you're trading your hours for money, you can work as hard as you want. You can maybe come up with a great idea, bring something new to the company. And if you're lucky, maybe you get a little bit of a bonus or maybe you get like a 5% raise at the end of the year instead of a 3% raise. Your work and energy goes into making somebody else a lot more money and you just get a tiny piece of that. But as an entrepreneur, all your work and effort, if it's successful, goes straight to you. So it's you, re, you really take a lot of pride and ownership in, in your successes because it really is like the lifeblood of your business.
0: I didn't know that you were going to do a Kickstarter, so I don't know how much you're willing to share yet, but just all in general, it all takes time. Every day, like you said, some days, long days, but anything worthwhile takes time. What is your method for managing your time?
1: So that is an area that I struggle with and I think about it a lot. One of the things that's helped me a lot recently, really, really good book called First Things First. And it's I think it's part of like the Stephen Covey like book collection. If you've heard of like Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, I think it's by that same group. But it's, it's a cool book and it's really kind of changing my outlook on things because it talks about, I'm sure everybody's heard the analogy of like the jar full of rocks and like the teacher asks the students, hey, is this jar actually full? And all the kids say, Yeah, yeah, it's full. There's all these big rocks in it. And then she goes and she pours gravel in there. And she's like, Okay, is it full now? They're like, Yeah, it's definitely full. And then she pours water in. Kind of the idea being that you can always fit more into your time. But the thing I like about that book is you basically build your schedule around working on the big rocks first. And those are the first things. So it's like, What are the most important things to you from a business standpoint, from a personal standpoint that If you accomplish nothing else this week, if you get these three or four things done for your business, these three or four things done for your family, then you consider that a successful week. What I've kind of done, I think is probably a pitfall of most entrepreneurs and probably most employees in general, is you always come in, the first thing you do when you sit at your desk, you start doing like email stuff and then you start doing just all these like small little menial, distracting tasks instead of actually sitting down and focusing on the most important tasks. So I've kind of been trying to implement that book and really... Take some time on like my Sunday evenings going into the week being like, okay, what are the big ticket things that I need to do for my business, for myself, and for my family, budgeting that time first. And then only once those things are complete, then I get down to like the nitty gritty, updating spreadsheets, answering emails, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm really trying I think now a year and a half into the game, I'm just now realizing the importance of better time management.
0: I agree. It could take some testing to really see what order works best for you to get the things that are true game changers out of the way.
1: That's for sure. And another thing that helped me a lot this year, I finally hired a full-time assistant in the Philippines. Having a virtual assistant really more than anything made me realize how inefficient a lot of my processes were because it's like week one on the job and she's like, okay, what do I do? So I like spent a couple of days building a task sheet, trying to teach her how to do all these things. And then she finished everything in like a day or two and she's like, okay, what next? And I'm like, I don't know what next. I don't really have, like I have stuff that, that needs to get done. I just don't know how to teach her how to do it. So it's really forced me to streamline my processes because now instead of me just wasting time kind of like trying to remember how I do something. Now I need to take the time, write it down, maybe record a short video showing her what to do, teach her how to do it. And now instead of me spending five hours a week on that task, I spend one or two hours up front teaching her how to do it. And then she completely takes that off my plate. So that's been a huge part of growing for me. And I think that's getting her up to, really fully up to speed and then bringing on uh, more employees, I think is, is really the next step that's gonna take things to the next level.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. I've been going back and forth with this because I only have part-time assistance. Delegation, I think, is something that we could fear. Like, oh, I could just do it quick. But when you delegate, it frees up time for you to really integrate what you want to integrate.
1: Yeah, it, it does. And I think for me, at least I am trying to delegate the things that I dislike the most or the things that just, even if I don't really mind doing it, it's just not an efficient use of my time. For example, I have this really, really detailed, integrated spreadsheet that tracks all my sales, refunds, advertising costs, all this kind of stuff. So I have really accurate data on all my products, how well they're doing. And I would spend an hour to a day updating those numbers and like staring at like the numbers and everything And i didn't mind doing it but i'm like this is really busy work i need to be like focusing on growth so that was one of the first things that i'm like okay i can teach somebody else how to fill out a spreadsheet that was kind of step one and then it's just finding more things that you just shouldn't be doing because either you don't find any enjoyment or fulfillment out of it, or it's not really directly contributing to the growth of your business and trying to automate those things. It's been a struggle, but, but like you mentioned, and like we talked about, it's a little bit of time invested up front, teaching that skill to somebody else is way more worth the time that you're going to save not having to do that task daily or weekly yourself.
0: Totally true. Another thing you have on your plate is your YouTube channel and that I'm telling you that has very informative and easy to follow videos for someone interested in this. That and also your Facebook community, the Amazon FBA Sellers Freedom Rising. I know in that page you had posted and openly shared a laundry list of failures, I guess you would say. Would you mind sharing your experiences during maybe the- like a day that included one of those failures because you obviously have kept on going, and so I just wanted to ask like a tough question about one of the harder times.
1: You know, that's the thing about being an entrepreneur is you are 100% responsible for everything that happens, good or bad. So when you're making 10, 20, 30, $50,000 a month and just absolutely crushing it. You get to spend that money, you get to keep it. But when everything falls apart and you take out a line of credit and that comes due, all that stuff all falls on your shoulders and nobody cares about the business other than you. Probably my biggest setback so far was going into Q4 last year. So anybody that's in any kind of retail, but especially like e commerce, knows that a lot of businesses literally are only profitable in December. A lot of retail businesses literally operate at like a breakeven cost all year and then make all of their money in like a four or five week period. Unfortunate that I, I do actually make a, a good amount of money year round, but my Q4 is probably a third, or not even my Q4, really just from Thanksgiving to Christmas is like 40% of my sales volume for the entire year. So last year I had an issue with a shipment of mine. I got held up in customs for an intensive inspection that took 20 days to clear. Usually it takes two or three days to clear out of customs. This time it took 20 days. So basically I missed my window for getting my products into Amazon warehouses in time. So what I had to do was actually instead of shipping everything straight to Amazon, I had to ship everything to my house and manually fulfill orders for like two weeks until Amazon's system catch up and actually get my uh, inbound inventory checked in. My wife and I spent probably 10 to 14 hours a day for like two weeks packing between three and 400 orders a day. Just trying to completely like save what we could out of our Q4, which was not how we planned on spending our Christmas holiday. You know, we were so excited to be making so many, so much money and so many sales. And we were like, okay, let's do some traveling for the holidays, you know, really do it up and, uh, and enjoy ourselves. Uh, but instead, we kind of committed ourselves to a sentence of 12 hour days packing Amazon shipments. So, I at the time, all I wanted to do was blame customs. I'm like, this is their fault. This is the shipper's fault. This is everybody else's fault. The thing is, whether or not it was somebody else's fault, it literally does not matter because it, it's my business, it's my bottom line. So, we just had to adapt with it. So, it's easy to get frustrated and want to blame other people and want to, you know, think about giving up. But that was a lesson for me. Now, instead of allowing, 10 to 11 weeks for a shipment, I always budget a 14-week window just in case everything goes wrong. I've still got that time buffer built in there. So really, I think any mistake that you can recover from, is just gonna make you and your business stronger because it allows you to fix your own internal processes to avoid mistakes like that in the future and ultimately you know it makes you a stronger person and, and makes your business stronger and less susceptible to future failures.
0: So you were able to adapt to that and now you just schedule accordingly for the future.
1: Yeah. And it's huge too because that was at the time it seemed like a game changer. I think it was like, I don't know, 20 maybe a $20, dollars order that I had placed, you know, my my actual my cost from my manufacturer, so it seemed like a huge game-changing mistake. But now, going into this fourth quarter, I'm doing like $130,000 worth of purchases, uh, getting ready for Q4. But now I'm ordering everything a month earlier. So now, in retrospect, I'm glad that I made mistake. Would have been a $20,000 mistake rather than this year when it could be a $130,000 mistake, or next year when it's a half a million dollar mistake. So. I think the earlier you can make those mistakes and recover and learn from them, the better off it really is for you in the long run.
0: Sometimes the unexpected things can gear you up for an even bigger and better result the following time you try something.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And anything that can go wrong it pretty much will at some point.
1: It will. It definitely will. <laughs> So
0: that could be a deterrent and it makes me think it could make a lot of people think is this time and effort worth it so why haven't you given up like why were you willing to try again this q4
1: like i said if we were able to kind of adapt and we i mean we made a lot of money last christmas i, I don't know i guess that's kind of a tough question had we like lost everything at that point or have we like broken even it would have been hard I think to keep pushing forward kind of the way my mindset is and I think most people that contemplate going the entrepreneurial route think the mindset is hey even if I fall on my face if I saw it was working at one point I know I can get it working again so I think we, we would have bounced back and it would have slowed things down for sure but I think kind of the way I am and I think the way probably most entrepreneurs think I think I would have come right back at it.
0: I think you have a, a good mindset and that's why you've succeeded a lot of people might think, oh, that's great for that person. My circumstances don't allow this. And many people i talk to, they're weighed down by almost a feeling of guilt, and they haven't even tried. It's common to feel hesitancy to add a side hustle because you can take away family time or may even change the family dynamic. How did you include your family, your wife on this new concept when you did want to start in 2016 incorporating something new into your daily life?
1: I don't know why I do this to myself, but I tend to go all in on like 10 things all at once. So when I started on Amazon, I was working a full-time job. I was joining a new squadron in the reserves. So I hadn't flown uh, helicopters in a couple years. So I was actually relearning how to fly helicopters after a couple years off. I was in the middle of an MBA program. So I was working on my MBA on the weekends and my wife and I had a six month old daughter at the time. So I was like literally all in on every single life change you could have all at the same time. But I did start kind of small and cautious, doing small orders of a single product. At that stage, it actually is relatively passive. Once you kind of make that initial investment of whether it's scouring the YouTube videos, or you buy a course that kind of gets you up and running, kind of made that initial investment and understand how it works. Once you have like one product up and running, it's really not that time consuming. You might spend a few hours a week, just maintaining that one product. Obviously, the faster you scale, the more workload it brings on. But we kind of had an understanding with me and my wife that this could be an opportunity that would change things forever, really. I mean, it was basically, do I just work for somebody else the rest of my life? Do I kind of cap my earnings at a certain number and never really grow past that? Or do we see this thing all the way through, grow fast, but grow somewhat cautiously and see how big that we can make this? So she was very supportive of that. Like I said, she has helped bail me out of plenty of situations of uh, hand packing orders and dealing with issues and, and the stresses that come with being an entrepreneur. So definitely a family effort. I think we feel that it's gonna be so beneficial for our family that there's really no other choice for us.
0: That's good to work as a team. And like you said, you can just start small, like one product. I even started, like I studied one module a night after work not to overwhelm myself but if I hear this from the people in my daily life and you must definitely hear that you have too much on your plate how do you respond when people say that to you
1: perception is everything and there is people I know a ton of people I mean there's a lot of people that I'm sure would look at me and be like hey you're crazy for doing all this stuff but I look at other people that are even a level above me that do twice as much as I do, and I'm like, I don't know how they handle it. So everybody's kind of got their own perspective on how much work they can handle, how much willpower they have. I think it's important to know kind of your comfort zone and where you operate at the best efficiency. For me, I like being a little bit, not completely overwhelmed, but I I like being on the edge a little bit because I perform better that way. So I think you just have to kind of know yourself, and opportunities like this, whether it's a YouTube channel or a Facebook product or Shopify, it's really not that hard to get to make it an extra $50,000 a year, maybe an extra $100,000 a year part-time. And that could be a game changer for so many people out there. I mean, if you're working 50, 60 hours a week and making $50,000 a year for your family, doubling your income with a project that might take you five hours a week, I mean, it's a complete game changer. So I'm going a little bit more aggressively because I kind of want to see how big I can get. I want to see if I can get to that multi-million dollar a year profit level uh, within a couple of years. But honestly, I think it's a great opportunity for anybody that just needs some extra income or wants to kind of improve their life a little bit. I've had a lot of friends and family and stuff that are all very interested in it because they see the opportunity. They see that it's a way. It's really the only way. Any kind of job where you're trading your time for money, you're you're just capped. I mean, if you're working two jobs, 80 to 100 hours a week, there's you really can't do anything else. You're like limited by however many hours you have, and then you're basically just trading your life away for whatever money you can get. But I think it's important whether you're going to sell on Amazon or do anything else to find some kind of vehicle. That allows you to make money on top of just trading away your time for that money. I think e-commerce is probably one of the better ways to do that right now.
0: Living someone else's dream at your company, if you're in corporate, like you said, it's capped. So how has your life changed since adding multiple streams of income?
1: Honestly, it hasn't really a whole lot yet. Like I said, we've been very cautious. I think if I was 22 years old, no wife, no kid, I would have quit my job like a really, like probably like you know, two or three months in and I would have moved at home and like lived on my mom's couch for like six months, world money away and then went and traveled the world. And obviously you see all the YouTube channels of people doing exactly that. Kids in their 20s making hundreds of thousands a year um, and just living th- this kind of dream. I'm in a little bit different place in life. So we're growing slow and cautiously. I mean, I made more my first year in e-commerce than I did for my full-time job by a pretty decent amount. So we could have really gone off the deep end and spent all that money, but I didn't want to. I wanted to keep everything that I made in the business. And I really did that. And I've taken very, very little out of the business in the year and a half that I've been doing it. So the route that I've chosen for myself uh, is just keep growing that money and, uh, and keep reinvesting it. No Lamborghinis for me yet, no uh, crazy extravagant trips, but it is nice knowing that, that we're building a bigger nest egg for ourselves
0: even though you don't have the freedom like those people on YouTube in their twenties or posting the car photos, you didn't let that stop you just because you were in a different place in your life and you still are very successful. So I love that. You didn't make that an excuse. Like a lot of people do say, Oh, I, I should have done it younger, but then they don't even try. Right. right. I'd like to ask you, do you think goal setting is a myth or do you think it really has led you to the vastly different place you are now than a year or two ago?
1: If you're talking about like an official or like a very specific method of goal setting, I think I have the goals in my head. I I probably need to be better at writing them down and like putting them on like a whiteboard or something in my office and targeting them. But yeah, I've definitely, I would say a month into the business, I had already set like, year goals. Um, so now I'm a year and a half in, you know, within six months of the initial goals I set for myself, I'm definitely on or ahead of pace of where I thought it was going to be. So yeah, I, I think sometimes you get you get lost in the day-to-day minutiae. For me, at least it was a two-year plan. You know, some people might be a one-year, some people might be a 10-year. I think, and as, I'm glad you asked me that question because now it kind of makes me think, all right, I'm, I'm coming up on that two-year plan now let me let me think about the five year, the ten year, the twenty year. Because that's something that I don't think we really spend enough time doing is is thinking long term. We you know we might think week to week or month to month, but I think it's important to have an end goal in sight too. So my first like mini end goal of the, the two year mark is, is fast approaching. So so yeah, that definitely reminds me that it's probably time to to take a step back and, and think about the next stage.
0: People have different ideas, like you must write it, you must set a date, but then if you miss the date, some people give up. So you probably didn't realize that you had the goal, but you reverse engineered the smaller steps. You kind of automatically did that, I guess, from your experience.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's something that um, I think I do it naturally because yeah. um, that's a big part of what we're trained in the military to do, especially some of the roles I had as an instructor in the military. We teach always start at the objective area or basically always start at the moment of contact with your enemy and then work your way backwards when you do your planning. So I think I kind of naturally do that. But that's probably not a skill set that a lot of people are taught. So it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's important to, to have certain goals and milestones set out and then kind of work your way backwards and, and figure out how to, how to get there, knowing where you're going ahead of time.
0: Definitely. Thank you for sharing your insight and to hear from someone as successful as you, it's very impactful and it's proof that if you do put your mind into it 110%, it can work. And I ask this of all my guests because I feel like these small things have helped me. I just want to see if you do some of these same things. Do you have a morning routine and is that a vital part of your
1: day? I don't. And I actually obsess over wanting a morning routine and I haven't done it yet. I think about that a lot. I I listen to a lot of podcasts and watch a a lot of YouTube videos and in my mind I have this like perfect thing that I want for myself. I have procrastinated on starting a morning routine so unfortunately I do not but I do think there's a lot of importance in that and that's actually on my uh, short list of, of things to really commit to.
0: Well, you get things done, so there's no saying if it's right or wrong, but I just feel like it personally has helped me. And you mentioned you watch a lot of videos, so my next question was, if you do make time for personal development or books?
1: Yeah, I do. I'd like to read a little bit more, but I usually, I pretty much only read books that are in some way about personal development. And it's not all all like pure business stuff. A lot of times it's just mindset books. Uh, Like I said, First Things First is is one of those books that I come back to all the time. It's really how I'm trying to structure my life. Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. I've read that book probably five times at least. And I think it's like one of the best. And and this is coming from somebody that was like coming fresh out of an MBA where we had marketing courses and stuff like that. I think it's like one of the best books I've ever read in terms of of marketing, whether it's yourself or your physical products brands. I do a fair amount of reading. One of my big things, though, is I follow anybody that I think I can get value from on YouTube. And I I try to model model my YouTube channel around that as well, just providing a lot of value. So I subscribe to probably at least 40 or 50 different people, mostly in the e-commerce and business space. Every single video that pops up, I make time. And usually what I'll do is I will queue up a bunch of videos in a playlist and play it on double speed and then just play it over my car speakers while I'm driving around. So I I mostly just listen to YouTube videos like they're a podcast while I'm like driving around the city to and from work or, or wherever else I'm going. So that's how I get a lot of my personal development done is kind of listening in the car.
0: Because everyone you listen to can teach you something a little bit different, so it's worthwhile to cue up a soundtrack like that.
1: Yeah, right. I, I really think it is, and I, I think um, I think that's something that I will always continue to do. Because any business, if you're if you're following the people that are doing really well, and even people that aren't as big of sellers as I am, um, that have YouTube channels, I might learn one little trick or one little tip that like could immediately save me hundreds or even thousands of dollars. So it's crazy, like some of the stuff, I'll hear like a little report in Amazon that I never even knew about. Next thing you know, I download that and I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Amazon owes me a thousand dollars in refunds that I never like followed up on just like little things and you never know who it's going to come from. So it
0: can save you either dollars or time. <laughs> exactly. And I'm reading expert secrets right now. So it's funny you mentioned that nice. one.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good one.
0: Where can we reach you on social media?
1: Your best bet is I'm pretty active in my Facebook group. If you do a search for Amazon sellers, uh, my group is called Freedom Rising. I think we're up to like 13 or 1400 people now. The group, as it gets bigger, we're starting to get a lot more active. I definitely follow up and answer any posts that, that people put on there. I try to put a lot of content out there as well. If you go there, you'll also find a link to my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is just my first name and last name. So Matthew Fitchner, easiest way to find that's just on my Facebook channel. I've been bad about getting content out. I got a few videos out earlier this spring and everybody was like, I started getting all these messages. Oh, thanks so much. Like I found so many great products, but I just got so busy, just kind of scaling up my own products this year <laughs> i have been bad about getting content out there but the good thing is i have just launched let's see 12 new products in the last two weeks and i'm launching 15 more in the next like six weeks so i will be back with youtube content very very soon and the content i'm going to have is going to be like literally as up to date as it possibly can be from somebody that's in the trenches launching products like almost every day and trying to figure out what's working what's not working and and kind of get you through uh, into the fourth quarter surge. So I promise there will be more content out soon, but it will be very detailed and very up to date with going on on Amazon like right now. That's
0: amazing that you have so much ready to launch for Q4. I'm excited for you. It's a lot of products.
1: <laughs> yes, it is a lot of products. Yeah. <laughs> and my uh, my VA thinks I'm crazy every time I shoot her another email. I'm like, hey, these six products are landing next week. Let's get the PPC campaign set up for them. She's like, oh my gosh, six more. We just did like 10 last week. I'm like, I know I can't slow down now. They're do or die time for sure. Yeah. So
0: you're keeping her on her toes. At first she didn't know what to give her and now she's
1: she's Yeah, it's funny. I, I warned her about three or four weeks ago. I'm like, I know things have been like super slow the last month or two. It's about to start getting crazy. So she actually joined me right before Father's Day, which is a big selling season for a lot of my products. So like every day she's like, oh my gosh, so many sales every day. And There's so many emails. She's like, this is crazy. And then as soon as that was over, going into like the third quarter is like the slowest retail season for like all retail, like big box stores and e-commerce, basically July through like September is kind of dead. So it's picking up in the fall. So so we went from this was like insane June to this like really quiet July, I stocked out on a couple products for a couple of weeks. So I think she's been a little bored the last month or two, but uh, but it's coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll make up for that. Yeah. All right, Matt. Thanks for being here and for encouraging myself and the Dream Chasers listening here at My Empower Project, and I hope to see you at the next conference.
1: Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it.
0: All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm so happy to have you as part of our posse and would love for you to comment with what topics you'd like to hear about next. You can find out more at MyEmpowerProject.com Tap that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the exciting guests and enlightenment to come. Have a fabulous day!